and welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. This is the second in our series of podcasts from the 2019 AGA PDT in New Orleans. So we'll be speaking with John Linsky, our national president, at least for the next couple days. And we'll go over his year in review. On to the show. Hello and welcome to the podcast. So we're happy to have here today our AGA National President, John Linsky. Good morning, John. Good morning. All right. So we're here actually at the PDT live. So it's been a great, great uh, PDT so far. New Orleans is always a fun place to be, right? New Orleans is a great city. It's a great <laughs> city. It's the biggest PDT ever. 2,430 people here with us. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't realize it was that big. Yeah, you can definitely tell folks everywhere, you know, these sessions are great. Um, and I wanted to just get a few minutes with you to kind of talk about how your year went. And, uh, yeah, just tell us, how, how's, your, how, how's this year been being a, being a president? You know, it was absolutely an honor to serve as AJ National President. It's been an incredible experience that I will take with me for the rest of my life. It was a tremendous opportunity to meet so many wonderful and loyal AJA members. It's really been a fantastic journey in a year. Yeah, and this must be a really busy job for you. Um, you know, I, I kind of want to ask you first, you know, how do you kind of balance all your, all your work and professional and, you know, personal life with so much to do with AGA this past year? So that, that's a great question, Paul. Um, you know, I have my AGA job and my AGA duties, and I also have my NSF job and my NSF duties. And it was really because of the NSF leadership that they allowed me the time to serve AGA and to do all the things that I had to do this year. Um, then, you know, you kind of look at it and, you know, you try to do the best job you can with AJ, but you also have to balance things. And I received a lot of support this year. The AJ staff is wonderful and, you know, they really helped me at every turn to make sure I was successful this year. Then, you know, you also have the National Executive Committee who I serve with mm -hmm. and all the things that they were doing along with the, the committees and boards then I would have you know you, you kick, kind of take a step back and you know my bosses kind of allowed me the time to serve and so did my family so my family was really truly wonderful and all of their support and they allowed me to do all of this and a couple different uh, quick stories is so my uh, you had to figure out which chapters to visit all the chapters want you to visit so my uh, youngest daughter helped me figure out where we were gonna where I was gonna go mm -hmm. she figured out I hadn't been to 17 states and so when those trips came up in those states you know we were I was able to uh, accept those and I went to eight states that I hadn't been to mm -hmm. and she also was able to accompany me on a few trips uh, and to see the country so my wife was also lucky enough to uh, accompany me on a few trips. And then my oldest daughter, uh, it's, it's kind of a secret, but I'm colorblind. I'm partially colorblind. Mm -hmm. So she made me look good with her fashion advice all year, even here at the PDT. Everything, all my outfits and everything, she's already pre-picked out. I'm following kind of a game plan from her. And if you saw me come out to chapters or any training event this year, she had a hand in my fashion because I can't tell, you know, navy blue from dark gray from dark green, right? And uh, all that. So my family really, really supported me, and I, I really couldn't have done this without them. Oh, that's awesome. 
So, because yeah, were you on the road pretty much every month out somewhere visiting a chapter? Yeah, I went to over two years. I took uh, took twenty five trips. Huh. I visited seventeen states, eleven state capitals, and I was lucky enough to even visit uh, Guam. Oh wow! The, the uh, height of the season was March and April. That's when the majority of the chapters have their spring events and want you to come visit mm -hmm. and to visit with the chapters and also help support them in their educational events. The, uh, but that meant for a lot of trips in March and April. So in March and April, I took at least every week I took a trip to a chapter and some weeks I took two trips. Wow. So that was really kind of the busy period. And then I took a couple trips pretty much every other month, but the other months weren't as busy. Right. Well, that's that's pretty hectic. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about your uh, what your theme was this year, um, giving back to our profession. Why don't you uh, give us a little bit of insight on that and uh, explain that? Yes. Thanks, Paul. So giving back to the profession was my presidential theme. I truly believe it is why many of us are involved with AGA, to make a difference in the government accountability profession. A meaningful way that we can all give back to the profession is by encouraging the next generation to choose a career in government service and become AGA members. I want to thank the audience for giving back by supporting AGA and dedicating their time and their talents to AGA as that is what makes AGA great. I think the theme really resonated with many members as I was traveling around and attending AGA events members would come up to me and tell me how they were giving back to the professions. How, how they were giving back to the profession. Mm -hmm. Our members are, are truly doing amazing things and it was all great to hear. And um, so now, yeah, because we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things specifically. Um, you, you mentioned education and students or was an important part of your, of your platform, so to speak, this year, right? So uh, why don't we talk a little bit, uh, and we'll talk about governance too, but let's start with a little bit about the CGFMs. And uh, I understand you were um, kind of supporting um, getting this message out to universities. Yes. Yep. So uh, I had a goal to promote CGFM education at universities. And so I went, went about doing that, but it was also a partnership with the Higher Education Committee and uh, the, the chair of the committee, uh, Professor Billy Moorhead. So what AJ was able to do this year was AJ expanded the CGFM education program with universities, really to generate interest and excitement in public service, AJ membership, and our prestigious certification. The AJ staff and I uh, had discussions with students and professors at quite a few universities around the country. I spoke at nine universities myself. I know Ann hit at least five other staff members. Uh, Wendy Morton Huddleston went out to a few, but we, we hit over 20 universities this year hmm. in person. So, and they were all very interested in the CGFM. Those discussions opened many doors for the students, schools, and local chapters. It was really something to watch the light bulb go off when talking with the students and we helped the chapters establish some lasting connections for the future. And as I mentioned, the Higher Education Committee chaired by B Professor Billy Moorhead is making steady progress in expanding the program on campuses and we're excited about the tremendous momentum that has been created. One thing especially I wanted to mention for the audience here was we provided free electronic student memberships and created student brochures to explain the benefits and the value of AJA. As a result of chapter outreach and all the work that myself and the AJA staff did along with the chapters, 
we had more than 300 students join AGA hmm. this year. Wow. But I could use everyone's help that's listening to the podcast here mm -hmm. uh, to continue to spread the word because we're really excited about this and we want as many students that we can to join AJ for free with this free complimentary student memberships because that's how we can grow the future of AGA and public service. Right. Well, that's great. Yeah, we talked to uh, Billy Moorhead yesterday on the podcast, so uh, definitely delved into the education realm and actually we we're talking kind of about you know what what does the workforce of tomorrow what skill sets are we looking for in the government um, I was just curious your thoughts about it. I mean we, we see all this RPA and technology AI I mean what kind of skill sets do you think the students need to be thinking about for a job in the government yeah I think we're seeing uh, a, a new dynamic with students uh, we're witnessing kind of a sea change with business majors at the universities when I was out there talking with them over the last few years, we're seeing about a 30% drop in accounting majors, hmm. but we're seeing an overall increase in the business schools. Okay. So and we're, we're seeing, you know, the universities are coming out with these, I would call them hybrid degrees, under the umbrella of business information technology. So they're taking minors like business, you know, data analytics and IT, and putting them together into these new majors. And what they're uh, doing is, that's what the students seem to be interested in, and mm -hmm. that's what's attracting the students. And when when they come out into the workforce, that seems to be what the workforce is is looking for in the government. Right. So they need <clears throat> these more hybrid students that are coming out, and and the firms are also offering a little bit higher money for that. So we think that it's really going to be reshaping the workforce, in the students that are coming out, and the needs of the of the government, and. What I also want to say is AJ is a very broad organization, and we support all these new majors and emerging areas. So, you know, we're you know very, and we're getting more diverse every day. And this is this trend is kind of in line where we're we 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 talked about it a lot at the national executive committee meetings this year about this new trend. Um, the the president elect Wendy Morton Huddleston put a committee together, did some research. And we, we really see where things are going, and we're actually very excited about it. But it's going to reshape and reskill the workforce a little bit as, as the people come into the market. Right. Well, let's go back. Um, I had mentioned really briefly uh, the governance model, the new governance model. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that and uh, how that developed this last year? Yeah. Thank you, Paul. So for those keeping score, you can put a check mark next to this one. <laughs> uh, it, it was the most significant accomplishment this year was a successful transition to a new governance structure that is modern and agile. I'm proud to say that AJ now is a governance structure that is streamlined and more responsive to the needs of our chapters, our members, and our profession. What we had to do is we had to develop the supporting documents, charters, position descriptions, criteria, criteria mm -hmm. for the new national governance structure. And with that, it was the National Governing Board or NGB, the National Council of Chapters, or NCC, and the Leadership Development Committee, or LDC. And so all of the documents to, to create those were put together and we put them in place. So the, and also, the inaugural members were selected and all three of these groups are fully operational in place as of this week. Okay. So we really did accomplish our goal to set AGA up. So if, if I could, I did want to put a, give a special shout out and thank you to the groups that have been instrumental in the transition. The Leadership Development Committee, 
and the Governance Committee, chaired by uh, Jim Arnett and Christy Beck and Justin Pohl. And we also have Christy Hers, AJ Senior Manager, and she provided invaluable support for these committees. Great. Yeah, I know that was uh, obviously a really big lift and that we've been working on for a while, so that's great that we're, we're there now. <laughs> so let's go back to the, some of the chapters. So, you know, you said you visited, was it 17 chapters out there? Um, or even more, maybe? <laughs> I, I visited 17 states. States. I, I had, okay. took about 25 trips to chapters over oh, wow. the last two years. Oh, wow. Okay. So what kind of things did you learn from folks out there? So I, I found the chapters to be truly unique and each have their own identity. So, and these are just some things I learned from the amazing chapters is that chapters have great mottos like learn, lead, leave a legacy. Hmm. And the chapters are developing close associations and partnerships with uh, local colleges and universities that has tremendous benefits for both sides and seems to be a very good model. And it's beneficial for the chapters and the students. And many chapters are even holding their local PDT on college campuses and that's a benefit for both. Uh, chapters or leaders are developing uh, you know, they're actually looking and developing great training events. So mm -hmm. I actually got to go to quite a few wonderful training events with wonderful speakers, and I was really amazed. And even here at AGA National, we have a PDT app. Well, the local chapters have PDT apps hmm. for their training events, so I was really blown away by that. Uh, and chapters are actually embracing the new Volunteer of the Year Award. They recognize an outstanding member from their chapter, 23 awards were presented this year, and I actually got to participate in quite a few. Uh, and uh, I also learned from the Tallahassee, Tallahassee chapter that they have tremendous resilience and heart to repair and restore after Hurricane Michael. Hmm. So that was, you know, you know, it was kind of heart-wrenching, but it was, it was wonderful to see how the chapter was playing a role in the community. I also learned the chapter membership is becoming more diverse as I, I, I was able to run into chapter members who are first responders, hmm. you know, fire chiefs, etc. Huh. So, you know, you never think about that, but right. AJA is really becoming uh, a lot more diverse. And I learned a lot about the federal, state, and local governments, and I really enjoyed visiting the state capitals, but it was really great to learn for me overall about the government and how you know, the government works at all the different levels, and that was really eye-opening for me. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I, I learned uh, a few things from, I spent a lot of time in the Midwest this year. Hmm. So I learned sodas called pop in the Midwest. <laughs> and so, and I, I, I learned that the Midwesterners are a special kind of nice that, you know, it, it's hard to explain. But when you get there and you see that, uh, I also learned travel in general can be very unpredictable with the weather. Hmm. I follow Jim Arnett's advice and I really try to stay away from the buffaloes, which he had a problem with, but I saw some, but I didn't have the same issues. But I did have a run-in with a wild donkey who almost removed our side view mirror. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, the other thing I was going to mention a little bit about, kind of a story about traveling is, in the weather, you, you never know what's different chapters in different parts of the country take things differently. I was in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, and they were getting three to five inches of snow that night, and we were supposed to have the PDT that morning. I was supposed to speak at eight o'clock in the morning, and I was, you know, 
talking to them. We were out to dinner, and it was starting to snow, and I was a little worried. And they were not worried at all. Hmm. And I was like, you know, is everything going to be okay? Is everything going to cancel? And they're like, yeah, three to five inches. Yeah, we're, we're going to be fine. Just, you know, wear your, wear your boots. And I actually brought boots. Right. So they're just, you know, wear your boots. Everything will be fine. And that, that's an event that in certain parts of the country, even in D.C., we would have had a hard time having that event. Yeah. Lincoln, Nebraska, I show up. Not only was everybody there and in their seats, you know, over 100 people at 8 o'clock in the morning, they were all there early <laughs> with three to five inches of snow, and they had to clean off all their cars and everything. Right. So you, you, it, it just was great to see how things are all over the country. But I, I also learned a, a, a greeting from my friends in Guam. So half a day in Buenos hmm. is how they greet each other. So that was really great. Nice. How long is that trip out to Guam? Is that a super long flight, I'm assuming? Oh, yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a pretty long flight. I, <clears throat> I actually had to go. You have to fly through Japan to get to Guam. Ah, okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, it's a pretty long flight. The, uh, you pretty much have to allocate a day to get there and a day to get back. Okay. And then the time difference is, is pretty crazy, but it, it really, interestingly enough, I was so excited to go out there and the people were so wonderful to me when you when we got there that you know the time difference really you know didn't have that much impact on me I, hmm. they, they set me up to speak in the morning because they, they knew because yeah. I got t- a little bit more tired in the afternoon but the the time difference really hit me when I came back oh right <laughs> and right. that it was a lot harder coming back all right, John. Well, so now uh, I think we're close to the end here, but uh, do you have any final thoughts just about your presidency here now the last few days? Yeah, thanks, Paul. Uh, I, I did want to mention that throughout my travels, I had the chance to learn about different parts of our government and see firsthand the value of AJ chapters in so many communities across the nation. The hospitality of the chapters I visited and the enthusiasm of the members made the trips truly memorable. It was really wonderful to get to know so many people across the country, and it really is our chapters that really are the lifeblood of AGA and keep everything going. Um, and I did want to say it, it, it has been an honor and privilege to have served AGA as national president, and I really am very thankful for this wonderful opportunity. And it's been an incredible journey and year, and it's just not something that will really I put up some collages here at the PDT, but it, it was really wonderful to go out and meet all the different people. And it, it's just something that, you know, will stick with me for the rest of my life as, you know, it, it just was an incredible journey that people just, you know, I served on the National Executive Committee for eight years, but really nothing can prepare you for this wonderful experience of being president and how the, the chapter members are so great and the opportunities to get to know them and all the wonderful things that they're doing out there and really try to uh, move AGA forward. So, it, you know, I couldn't have, you know, predicted all the different things at the beginning of my presidency, but I'm really happy with what we accomplished and I'm really happy with the direction that AGA is going in. So, again, it's been an honor and privilege to serve AGA as national president. And I want to thank everybody for this wonderful opportunity. Well, great, John. Well, yeah, congrats on a great year, and uh, thanks for joining the podcast. So en- enjoy the rest of the PDT. Thank you, Paul. That's our show. Thanks for joining us. And we'll be having at least one more podcast here from the PDT with our young professionals. So look
for that coming out after this one. And as always, you can find all our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play. You can also go to agacgfm.org website and check them all out. So I encourage you to do so. And until next time, this is Paul Marshall signing off for Accountability Talks with AGA. Thank you.